I'm calling this week Charlie Mike the Podcast Week because this is the first of two different episodes recorded live from Pearland Podcast Studio. Of course, these are the stories that make the greater Houston area great. One such individual I am proud to call my friend, and his name is Raul Moreno. And during this episode, we're going to talk about his time in the Army. We're going to talk about overcoming addiction and how you can live your best life and how he is inspiring others to do the same. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Let's let you go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. Man, that was an intro, bro. You. Man. My man. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you. Thank you for having us, That's man. We definitely thank you. In your space. But welcome to my show, but it's in your space. So thank you for having me to welcome you to my show. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> William would say it's not a hard thing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's definitely, uh, he's tough on me, man. All joking aside, we met several years ago, and I was like, we got to get this dude on. Uh, this is a previous radio career of mine, and I'm like, I love what he's doing. But it was only a, a, until a, a few months ago that I, I realized just, um, you know, you were you have went through some dark times and I knew a little bit about it. Um, so we can start wherever you want to start. We joined the military in 2005 and I got out in 2015. So I did I did 10 years, 10, a few months. And, um, you know, it was some of the, the, the toughest and I always tell people my military service was some of the best and worst times of my life. You know, I got to make... Um, different friends from all over the United States and, and different experiences, experienced different cultures. You know, I, um, got to travel the world, um, some places that I would probably could have done without, but you know, it is what it is. And so when you got back, this is sort of the part that I didn't know about. I mean, I knew kind of that you had, you were suffering from PTSD, but then, um, there, there was the addiction. Yeah. So, so, so I was getting out of the military. So I was getting out the military and, um, you know, me and my, me and my in-laws are real close, man. My, my, is it ex-in-laws? I think they're ex-in-laws. Well, anyways, they're, yeah. they're my family. So, yeah. so I'm getting out of the military and they say, you know, what are you going to do? And I was like, you know, uh, I'm going to stay in Colleen until, you know, I got a place down there or whatever. And they were like, no, you're not. You're going to come home. If you sign out on Friday, we want you here Saturday. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, but not, not knowing. Uh, this man, when I got back, I put them through hell. Like, cause I was drinking and I just, I wasn't. I wasn't comfortable being myself. You know, I was, I was looking for an escape. I wasn't used to being around family 24 seven. I wasn't used to being around people um, like that. I guess normal people, you know, um, I was always used to being around veterans and soldiers and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I turned to, uh, you know, alcohol to try to try to ease myself into it. But, you know, there's alcohol has never been a friend to anybody that has the last name Moreno mm. in my family. It's always been an addiction. It's always been my mother struggled with it. My brother is currently struggling with it. You know, my, my mother passed at an early age because of alcohol. 
uh, she passed in her thirties. My my father, my mother and father both passed away early. You know, so so it was just it was different. So we experienced death at an early age. I empathize with that because my my grandfather uh, had some demons too, and alcoholism took him out. And this is somebody who could have easily lived into his nineties and possibly as old as his dad, who made it to. 92 or 93 and um and and it's interesting because depending on who you're talking to you could sound like one of those temperance people from the prohibition days and it's like well we don't want to prohibit alcohol use you know it's just not it's just not for me and that that's definitely it, and I, and I tell that I tell that to to. There's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, if you know how to do it, and my I never knew how to do it. You know, you ever, ever since I was young, I never knew how to do it. When I would do things, I'd do it to an extreme, and that was it. You know, it was it was drinking, and then once I got out of the military, I drank to help me sleep. I drank to help me feel normal. I drank to to let me around crowds. I I drank. You know, I. I did a lot of that. So once I got out, <clears throat> I lived with my in-laws for a little bit. And then I, and then, you know, I was just a, a horrible person to be around because I was, I was drunk all the time. So I ended up getting into my own place in my own place. And, um, you know, I, I just, I did the same. I didn't feel like there was a problem. You know, I, I continued to drink every day. I, I would take my daughter to school and, and a lot of times I would stay in the parking lot all day while she was at school because I didn't want to go anywhere else because I know I would end up at a bar. Mm. <laughs> so I would, I'd be that, that weirdo that just slept in the parking lot all day waiting for her to get out of school. Because when I was with her, I felt like I was normal. I felt like, you know, she kind of eased, you know, she, she made things better. So, so after, after years, you know, I just, I kept drinking and, and I started to, to experiment in drugs and drugs and drinking. And, and it wasn't until, you know, I, I knew there was a problem, but I didn't know how bad it really was. And, and I didn't know the reasons behind it. So, so, um, this was actually crazy because veterans day, it was veterans day here in Paraland. So I had went out to a cook off and I was out drinking and then I, I got home and then I, uh, I was like, okay, I'm hungry. So I decided to leave the, the apartment and then I got on, got in my car and I drove down the road and, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to Whataburger. So I was on the left lane. Then I changed my mind. I was like, I'm gonna go to Taco Bell. So I got in the right lane, then changed my mind again. And I was like, you know, I do want Whataburger. So, uh, I ended up getting pulled over. I got pulled over for indecisive lane changing. Oh. Yeah. That's a ticket? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. In, indecisive lane change. But, you know, I didn't ask questions because, I mean, it's, it saved my life, man. You know, so mm-hmm. that was the reason I got pulled over. And um, the police officer did a field sobriety test because he walked up to the window and was like, hey, it smells like alcohol. And I was like, yeah, I've been drinking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um he he took me in. He took me in. We did the process. You know, um, you know, to this day, me and that police officer are friends. Get out. Yes. Well, because it makes sense. A, a week after I had got out, 
I went to go find him. And I, I looked for him at the police department, and people thought I was so weird because I was like, hey, I'm looking for this police officer who arrested me. And, mm-hmm. and they, nobody... So when I finally met him and finally got to talk to him, I said, hey, look, I want to tell you this. I apologize if I was disrespectful that night in any way. And he tells me, he goes, look, Raul, he goes, I've arrested a lot of drunk people in my life. And he goes, and you were the most polite this drunk I ever taken to jail. I was like, well, thank you. It's <laughs> one hell of a compliment. Yeah, I was like, You're well, a, thanks, you man. were a friendly drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I normally don't get that. So I got in trouble. My mugshot was everywhere. You know, I was, I was at the time I was trying to, to be, you know, and I was in the community. People knew who I was because I was, I was very, um, active with the local VFW. Mm-hmm. So once, you know, I grew up in this town. I, I went to elementary school, elementary school here, high school, graduated. I did all that. And my mugshot came out and it was everywhere. Oh man. Yeah. It was on Facebook. It was everywhere. Oh, so, there was Facebook. Okay. That's yeah. right. You're young. So yeah. there was Facebook. Yeah. yeah. It would, oh, jeez. It's kind of MySpace, same thing, MySpace, your age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, man. So so it came out, man. It went it went everywhere. Who and, put you on Facebook, though? Uh, the Brazoria County. <sighs> yeah, yeah. The local PD, they used to do this thing every time. Every week, they'd release a bunch of mug shots, and, oh, man. and, and they'd put you out there. But, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. You know, no hard feelings. I, 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 uh. I learned from it, you know, so I ended up getting, so I got in trouble. I ended up getting into this veterans court program, this veteran court program where you have to do all these counselings. You have to, you have to, you know, you have to do intense counseling in the VA, out of the VA. You have to uh, do a drug test basically every day for drugs and alcohol, you know? So, so I was at the beginning, I said this before at the beginning, I was just doing it to check the box. I was like, okay, look, I'm gonna, I messed up. Let me, sir, let me get over it. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever they want me to do. And then I'll go back to being me. Mm-hmm. So I started doing it, you know, I made it six months and I was like, all right, cool. You know, six months. Cool. Made it a year without drinking, without drugs. And I was like, ah, you know, this feels good. And that's a long time too. Yeah. But I was still in this program. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to say that this is going to be forever. Mm-hmm. I graduated the program. I said, like, man, I felt good. So I started to do things that, that I never thought I would do. We started the apparel brand, you know, during COVID we started the podcast. Um, well, towards the end of COVID, we started the podcast. And, um, you know, I hit two years. I'm already out of the program. I actually went back to the program and spoke as a guest to the other graduates and to the other people, um, the other veterans, which was an awesome experience just to be part of or ask the, you know, there's just, it's just so much that, that we've, and I, I hit four years, um, in June and I'm still rocking, man. What did it feel like when you got the call to go speak to the graduates? Surreal. It was definitely a feeling like, um, why me? You know, but, but at the same time, I 
worked the program. I did everything they asked me to do, and then some. I did, uh, I did the counselings. I knew it was helping me, so I took more counseling. You know, I, I got serious with everything. I knew I, towards the end, I noticed that the alcohol was, was my issue. Mm-hmm. And the alcohol, is, everything negative that happened in my life was surrounded around alcohol. Everything. You know, and, um, man, I'm, I'm four years. We're in the studio, Freddie. It's, this is stupid. Looking at, because I just, I met you in 2018. I don't think it was 20, maybe it was 2017. I think it was 18. Yeah, 18? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I met you in 2018 and ha- not having any idea of what you had experienced. And so just seeing how you've grown, not just the podcast, the business, the apparel line, but then knowing that you did all this after recovering from that makes it even more incredible. And it makes me want to be a better person. And it makes me proud to know you. I appreciate it, man. We're, we're definitely, definitely, I'm far from perfect. You know, I still make mistakes in life. Hey, we all do, man. Yeah. That's life, dude. That's life. Um, I'm living it one day at a time. Yeah. You know, when, when we started the apparel brand, Freddie, the whole concept was I remember one night laying on the floor. I had a gun and I was drinking. And this was after I had gotten in trouble, before I started the court program. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to finish this bottle of alcohol and then I'm going to end it. I was at peace, but I was hurting, like, physically, mentally, emotionally. I was done. I was tired. And I was okay with it. And I was like, once I finish the bottle of alcohol, I'm going to end it. I ended up passing out before I finished the bottle of alcohol. Mm. And then the next day, the next couple of days, I remember, like, that feeling of being alone and feeling like nobody understood what I was going through. And... And just that, that, that feeling. And, and I was like, you know, I need to do something different. I need to. So, so I was listening to a song called Charlie Mike. It's, it's by this, this, uh, veteran singer. He, he was in the army. He got out and started making music. His, he goes, his name is soldier heart. So he's got a song on there called Charlie Mike. And in the military, Charlie Mike means continue the mission. So continue mission. And, by that, they mean regardless of whatever it is, you know, pick yourself up and keep doing what you were doing, regardless of the situation. So within the next couple of days, I was like, you know, I want to do something because I don't want nobody to ever feel the way I felt that night on that floor like I was alone, like nobody understood what I was going through. Nobody understood me as a person. That's where Charlie Mike the brand came. Charlie Mike Military Apparel, the brand came out and the whole concept was behind, the whole mission was to bring awareness to veteran suicide and the prevention of veteran suicide to make sure that nobody ever felt the way that I felt that night. And if we saved one veteran's life, one first responder's life, that the mission was complete. We've done that. We've we've done that on a, on, I can't even, I don't even know how many now. 
like with the text messages, the the emails, the DMs, you know, like, hey, you saved my life. You you helped me push through, you know, just just um, just a little. We we do we have a lot of fun here, man. We do a lot of dumb things, but but at the same time, it's. I it's, don't think you've done anything dumb. You and William <laughs> have never done anything dumb at all. Stick around a little Just bit. Being sarcastic. There. <laughs> <laughs> so so man, you know we we try to get a message across, but at the same time we have fun, and it's the same thing with the podcast. So with the podcast, we 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 brought it into life because at towards the end of COVID. Okay, so when COVID started, man, the apparel brand, of course, went downhill because nobody was shopping. Nobody's buying apparel to sit around the house. They're buying toilet paper. Yeah, oh, man. What, from People real? Are, I still don't understand Jesus, that. Man. I was yeah. using shirts. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I still don't understand that, but whatever. Um, Who wipes their asses with shirts? Hey, man. When you own a shirt company, that's what you do. <laughs> I don't have time for toilet paper. He's all fancy now. Yeah, bougie. <laughs> man, but, um, yeah, so with the podcast, we, you know, it was something like uh, I wanted to reach, I still wanted to reach people, but I didn't know how. So I was like, okay, well, let me let me let me jump on this podcast game. So I put something out on Facebook, and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And my buddy down the road has a tattoo a tattoo place is a blacklist tattoos. So he says he replies. I went to high school with him. We grew up together, and he's like, hey, um, come see me. So I was like, all right, cool. So I went to go see him, and he's like, yeah, hey, he had this equipment, and he goes, hey, this should get you started. And then I was like, whoa, what? And he's like, you know, hey, figure out your podcast thing. We'll worry about money and do all that stuff later, man. Just get it going. And I walked out with all this equipment. Like, and then I, I got a I got a book that said how to podcast for dummies, Freddie. <laughs> and that's how it all started. I still got the book in my office, man. <laughs> Turn the mic on. Start talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And um it originated. We started it. In a closet, you know, just with a couple of people, you know, uh, doing Zooms and, and things like that, you know, with other veterans, nonprofits. And uh, it, it kind of, it took off. And I met these great people that are looking over here at us kind of crazy right now. And it's been, it's been an amazing ride. I just like that you got started instead of overanalyzing and overthinking it and, and not to get too much into the business side of podcasting and whatnot. But I mean, that's sort of the, the struggle that a lot of people have just with anything. And it doesn't even have to be a podcast. It could be a book or it could be a, a painting or recording a song or asking a woman on a date, whatever, getting applying for your dream job is getting out of your head and just doing the thing. And, and the worst that can happen is, Nothing. Yeah. If you just, you know, which is the same spot that you're in. If you do, if you literally do nothing, you know, you don't get the job. No one listens to the song. No one listens to the podcast. Well, you know what? At least you tried. But thankfully people are listening to the podcast and you evolved and now you're in this badass studio. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I still don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I don't know how things worked out the way it worked out. You know, um, I've been blessed to have uh, some amazing people around me. I met I met 
William. Well, William stalked me for a little bit, just so you know. Um, he was he 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 contacted me on Facebook, Instagram, um, my uh, my Tinder account. <laughs> he was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how many selfies did he send you? Oh, uh, man, he sent me a, every morning. Every every morning. morning. Yeah, he would say good morning, sunshine. <laughs> yeah. I will shave my mustache if you put me on the podcast. No, you know what? I tell people all the time. I like, you know, that was the thing when I when I when I brought William in, I told him I said, "Hey man, if you shave your mustache, you're off the team." <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, uh people listening, he has a badass mustache. Uh so yeah. You know when we we met, we clicked and I brought him on the podcast and we talked, man, and then it was just like I like this dude. His energy, everything about him was just what I wanted, what was missing in, in the, in the brand and the podcast. Like, okay. So I like to do things, but Freddie, I don't like going out there and taking pictures and shaking hands and, and shaking babies. I don't like doing all that stuff. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to shake babies, dude. Did I say shake babies? <laughs> oh, my bad. You, you, you know, I think we know. <laughs> I think we, well, you shouldn't, nobody should like to, it's okay that you don't like to shake babies. Yeah, yeah. We don't want any well, shake, right, right. Yeah. but you don't want to kiss babies either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't shake them. Don't kiss them. Don't, I, I don't like doing either wood. <laughs> and thank God you don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I bet, I bet William and, uh, Man, William William likes doing that stuff. Well, he don't like shaking babies, but <laughs> he he likes he likes I'm be- actually crying. <laughs> I'm trying to reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're good. He is a podcast professional, everybody. <laughs> I, I've said crazier shit. What would you tell Raul? On that night, you can go back. Time machine. Charlie Mike. Say, hey, man, continue the mission. Charlie Mike. God's got a purpose for you, man. You're going to realize what your reason for living, what your reason for the struggle is, what your reason to keep to keep pushing, man. And it was to, to try to inspire people, try to let people know that you can struggle, but yet you can be successful. You can fall, just get back up. You know, it's just, everybody's got a reason. Everybody's got a reason to be, you know, a purpose. You just got to find that purpose, man. You know, I'm just not saying that it's podcasting for everybody. Not saying that it, whatever it is. Your story can change somebody else's life. What's your favorite story out of all this? I know you've got many. You've told me the text messages, the DMs. There was um, this. I think this was two Christmases ago. Two Christmases ago, I got a, I got a package in the mail, and then I I went to open the package. I opened it up, and it was just it was, it was like a it was an Apple Watch, and I kind of looked at it. I was like, dang. Because I do this crazy thing when I take Ambien. I take Ambien to sleep at night. I don't just take it random willy-nilly. But, you know, did I say willy-nilly? You said willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> so so I take Ambien to help me sleep at night because I have uh, insomnia really bad. Mm. 
And a lot of times I purchase things when I'm on Ambien. Yeah, so it it's it's uh, it gets pricey. So uh, I got this package in the mail, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I did it again. You know, so I, I got the Apple Watch out, and I was looking at it. I was like, man, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Raul, you got great taste in watches. I think I'm going to keep it. Yeah. So I picked it up, and I looked at the the bottom, and there was a there was a, a letter. I still have that letter. It's in, my, it's in my house. And then it says, thank you for saving my life. Love a grateful soldier. That's all I said. That's all it said, Freddie. It didn't say nothing else. It didn't say from who, from what, from anything. And and I sat there and I cried for like an hour, just like unbelievable, because I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't understand, you know. I, and I tried to find a person and I tried to, to do this because I was like, I can't say, I can't, I can't accept this. Why'd you send me this? You know, like it was. Yeah. So, so it's just so there's so many, there's so many different stories that, that people that tell me like, Hey, you know, I stopped drinking because of you, you know, I stopped doing this because of you, you know, I'm here because of you. And then we get the people in here that share their stories and then people are, respond to them and say, I saw your story and this is where, I, this is where I was at. And now this is what I'm doing. And it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. I'm, like I said, man, I'm, 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 I'm truly blessed to be where I'm at. I'm truly, truly, bl- man, I'm, I'm sitting in front, front of Freddie freaking Cruz right oh, man, now. I'm man, I'm nobody, dude. I'm nobody. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. You, you know, but it, it all goes back to um, how you can't control there's some things you can't control, but you can control how you respond to them. And at least to me, it seems like that's sort of what you're teaching the people who reach out to you is like, Hey, this, you know, what happened when you were serving happened and that was beyond your control. But this is how you can respond to the trauma that you've experienced. And it's by doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Charlie, Mike, you got to continue the mission. I'm glad I passed out that night. And I say it sometimes. I say, like, I can take myself back there to that night mentally if I need it as a wake-up, if I need it as a, as a wake-up call. You know, because um, it changed me, man. It changed me for the better. I'm glad you passed out, too. Yeah. My brother, I'm so proud of you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for welcoming me into your podcast studio to thank you for coming by the show. <laughs> this is your studio. It's not my studio. Apparently in podcast studio, by the way, y'all. Uh, a beautiful place to come and record your podcast if you decide to do it with Charlie Mike, the podcast. Love it. Raul, appreciate you, man. Thank you, Freddie.